It's time for the latest local, regional, and national sports topics of the day. It's the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. Ready? Fight! Now, from the WATH studios, here's Connor Mills and Joey Madore. From the studios of WATH, this is a sports fan on 970 and 97.1 FM. Connor Mills and Mike alongside Joe Medora on this 14th day of December, 6.06 on the clock and 31 degrees and cloudy outside here in southeast Ohio. Again, it's a sports fan presented by JNK Contracting. And on the phone lines joining us right now, Trevor Stevens. Trevor, you, know, it's, uh, you had a week off a little bit, uh, but it's good to have you back on the radio and... Uh, you know, a lot of lot of topics to pick, a lot of things to talk about with you today. Uh, of course, with the name change, or I guess not the name change for the Cleveland Indians, uh, the reports yesterday had come out and said, you know, the Indians were going to be changing their mascot name, uh, but that will not be happening according to their owner this year. But they are uh, removing the name. They're, uh, they're going to keep it for 2021, but then they're going to look into changing the name uh, in the future, uh, so 2022 and beyond. Uh, so it will not be the Cleveland Indians anymore, but it also will not follow suit with the Washington uh, football team has done. I mean, they changed their nickname, and now instead of uh, their previous uh, nickname, now it's just the Washington football team. It's not going to be the Cleveland baseball team. Say, that doesn't have the same ring to it as no. the Washington football team. You can't I, have a Cleveland baseball team. That just that doesn't work out. I, I actually like the Washington football. Like that's It's unique. Now, if other football teams did that, yeah, I don't think. I mean, it's, I think it kind of sounds a little bit more normal because like, that's like, what soccer teams' names are, or they call it football overseas, so, like, they'll be the, the so-and-so football club, so it kind of sounds, you know, it makes a little bit of sense. But right. It's still right. weird. They should pick a mascot. They should. Uh, uh, yeah, I like Although, the I mean, they win the division this year. I mean, maybe you don't change it next year. Keep it all the same. I mean, yeah. don't want to, don't you know, they're playing some good football right now over there in the nation's capital. They are. But, Trevor, what's your take on this? I think that a name change is necessary, and will happen in it, but that I think they need to go with like an animal, something very safe now because they would they have done this. Times have changed now; they got in trouble with it. So, and to wipe everything away, they will have to pick a name that everyone agrees on, which I think will also be safe. Which I think will be like an animal. I'm up for the spider, the previous team, or maybe a bird, the Cleveland, like, kind, can't do kind also because that's St. Louis, but, or a blue fish. Cause that's Is there any kind of bird that's significant to the Cleveland yeah. area? I'm not, uh, can't say I'm familiar with. Uh, uh, it could be. Uh, like, you know, usually they find, try to find a mascot that, you know, kind of has some kind of semblance. Like, I just know the, the Orioles or the. The Orioles, because it's the uh, state of Maryland's bird, the Met's Metropolitans. I mean, that, that one speaks for itself. Play in New York. So, you know. Right. I don't know. Spiders. I'm, I'm not sure I'm a big fan of that one. <laughs> what about steamrollers? Okay. Yeah. Something, I, was, I was thinking something with the C, because if Cleveland wants to keep their block C, you could incorporate that. Right. You need to find a word that has a C in it. They could keep the block C, which they have done with their hats and uniforms, with that old... Indian head logo when they took that away they just replaced that with the big block C in place so all their uniforms had the big C on them on the side and so so uh, so you don't think it's gonna be like a total new rebranding Trevor new colors new everything that you think they want to try to keep some kind of the consistency but just change the name 
obviously. Yeah, I think it's just going to be as simple as changing the team name from Indians to something else that is easy to remember, so you can fan base can build all around your fan base. But you keep your Cleveland Red because that's what everyone knows. You keep your Block C because that's what everyone knows, and you either and you find something that goes similar to it. I wouldn't be surprised if they, Cleveland comes out next year and does a name the team contest or something like that instead of doing it internal. Yeah, that would be fun. Uh, and just while uh, we're on the topic, you know, the uh, team owner, Chairman Paul Dolan, uh, just to read his his response as uh, the Cleveland Indians had, had put out a press release today, uh, Paul Dolan had said, Hearing firsthand the stories and the experiences of Native American people, we gained a deep understanding of how tribal communities feel about the team and the detrimental effects it has on them. We also spoke to local civic leaders who represent diverse populations in our city and who highlighted the negative impact our team has had on our broader population and on underrepresented groups across our community. He is truly grateful for their engagement and input, which he found enlightening and insightful. When a sports team is aligned with its community, it unlocks the ability to unite people from, a, from different backgrounds and bring people together in support of their home team. While Indians will always be a part of their history, it is time to move forward and work to unify our stakeholders and fans through a new name. Uh, so there is not going to be an interim name. Uh, you know, it still will be the Indians next year. Uh, but it seems like this isn't something that you know, they had just decided within the last couple of days. I mean, it seems like they really went out there, uh, did their research, talked to a lot of people that this affected, and made the determination that, you know, that they're going to move forward uh, and move past uh, the name Indians. They were saying on the Cleveland News at 5 o'clock that when they interviewed the owner or someone at the Cleveland, they said when they took away the, the logo, the old Indian face logo, then it started the, the transition there. It was like, when we took that away, we had to do something else because of the pressure that they were doing and the timeline that was going on them. Based, and then the space officer, like, the, over the summer, they got pressured to change the name very much. So they began to take a deep look into it. Well, it seems like they made that that decision, they made an informed decision, and you know maybe you know with everything that's been going on in 2020, maybe it's something that you could look forward to. You got to keep an open mind about it. I mean, there's a lot of history, there's a lot of tradition with the Cleveland Indians, um, but you know let's let's see what they come up with. Maybe there's a, a different, uh, you know, better name that that, that they come up with uh, that still honors their history and and moves forward towards the future. I mean, I don't know really what. Uh, what name that, that they'll have until they come out with it. Uh, but it would be a nice idea if they did have, you know, like a, a name the team contest. Uh, they had back in the day, because, you know, I'm a Met fan, but they had a Design the Mets logo. And they had different artists from around the country, uh, you know, design the logo. And, and some guy... Is that why your, your logo is an apple? Well, no, the logo is not an apple for the Mets. It's actually the Metropolitan Skyline uh, with orange and blue and the bridge in there. So the apple, I don't know, it's it's the big apple, right, for New York. So they raise the apple whenever it's a home run. But the logo so is not very not, often. 
Well, you got Peter Alonso who's hitting like 40, 50 home runs. I mean, obviously it's not home and away. You know, you might get 30, 20 home runs, but the, the Mets have some power numbers. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Well, you got Robinson Cano juicing over there. That's you know those numbers were up this year. I'm thrilled but that he's gone. But yeah, any, anyway, but yeah, I mean, they had like a contest like that to design the logo and it, you know, let, let's see what they come up with, because if you open it up and, uh, you know, have a lot of people with a lot of input on there, you know, see what they got could get and rise uh, fan engagement, too. But the other news coming out this weekend, uh, obviously, I don't know really uh, what it's disappointing over in the Pac-12. Because uh, with the uh, Washington Huskies, uh, you know they were going to be you know, the uh, the division leaders, the division champs on their side, uh, and they were going to go against uh, who who's the game against USC USC, and now it's going to be Oregon instead of Washington, Oregon and USC going in the Pac-12 uh, title game instead of Washington, who was the team with the better record, better chance, uh, but unfortunately, you know they do not meet the minimum scholarship requirements. They do not have. Uh, you know, a, a full team as their team was affected by COVID-19. And then the, the championship game gets taken away from them. The championship game doesn't move, uh, but you know, the, the game will still be played. But now with Oregon instead of, uh, you know, Washington. And I don't know, you know what, what what's your take on that, Trevor? So I have one question about that. So Oregon's program said that because the game is called today, someone would ask basically, could what could could Washington wait a few days to see if they get better? The coach said they did not have an offensive line, so they could not practice. That's why they called the game early. And and but, but Washington is still going to be the like determined as their divisional champions. They won the division. Oregon, the second place team, will play in the championship game because the top first team is in. You know, it's obviously upsetting circumstances for Washington, but, you know, we, we quite knew this was a, a possibility, you know, going into this season that if it late in the season, then, of course, we've seen, you know, COVID cases going up over the past couple months anyway. Uh, but, you know, it was a possibility that perhaps at the end of the season, a team that even, you know, in a, in a position to play in a conference championship or a bowl game, if they get a COVID outbreak, unfortunately, you know, we're going to have to work around and they just can't play. I mean, you know, the Pac-12, I guess, could decide to maybe push the game back if they really wanted to, but it's just unfortunate for Washington. But, you know, as we saw, you know, on a local level here, I mean, there were some teams that had to back out of, uh, out of uh, high school playoff games because of coronavirus. And, you know, that's just unfortunately the reality. Uh, if you, you know, if you get an outbreak, uh, it can, you know, cost you some games and unfortunately for Washington it came at the end of the season in the Pac-12 title game but uh you know I do like the decision to not just outright give it to USC as well I think you still need to make them play in some kind of Pac-12 title game so moving it down to the second place team Oregon probably probably the right decision if, if you know Oregon can get ready to go and uh play a game um, I also saw that the Big Ten has came out I want to say on Sunday and said that if uh, if either team could not play, they were going to scrap the Big Ten championship game. I wonder if this makes them change that decision. 
Yeah. You know, it's, it's a little different because I think because, you know, USC and, and, you know, USC and Washington and now Oregon, those guys, none of them are making the college football playoffs or anything like that. So, you know, this is very much the, the, their big game, this, this Pac-12 championship game, whereas, you know, I don't think currently Ohio State would have to play and beat Northwestern to still get voted in to the college football playoffs. So I think that might come into play because I think ultimately when it comes down to the Big Ten, Trevor, they just want Ohio State to be in the playoffs so they can get, you know, you know, obviously the monetary gain from that all that brings them. And I think now we can move on to the next one with the LSU Florida finish. <laughs> that with LSU beating Florida, that puts Ohio State in no matter what. Yeah, right, because even if Florida beats Alabama, you know, they're not going to take knock anybody else out because, you know, they had their second loss. See, the thing, and I asked Joey this after the game had happened, you know, and and maybe, you know, I'm being too inquisitive about this, but I had asked, you know, what is happening to that guy in the locker room after that game? Because, you know, the coach had come out and, he, and after the fact, and he said, you know what, he was celebrating the tackle and, and the shoe was just in his hands and he had thrown so it. So he decided to chuck at 20 yards. That's, that's the right decision there, coach. Right. Maybe that's why, you know, your team is, uh, you know, losing this game to LSU now because you're endorsing your player getting excited and launching a shoe down the field he was very diplomatic about it and yeah, i'm sure behind closed doors he reamed him out whatever but still i'm mean. right like I, that's one of the worst ways to lose a college football game because obviously you know number six florida or or a shot at the college football playoff right i mean that that is the worst time that you can make a mistake like that and i get it you're excited yeah, you just made a big I don't get tackle. it. I don't care. He's excited. You just don't throw a shoe down the field. I don't get it. Right. I'm not. Listen, he gets a, deserves a second chance. A kid shouldn't get kicked off the team like no. some people say. He, no. he's, a, he's a kid who made a dumb mistake. But at the same time, I'm not going to excuse what he did. It was the stupidest thing I've ever seen on a football field. I mean, he can't and that was, a, that was a third down play, correct, right? They were going to get off the field, I believe. Yeah, it was. No, it was. Yeah, third down. Yeah. Right. LSU would have had to punt, and then Florida would have ran the clock out. Yeah, exactly. Then so. that allowed them to go down and score the game winner. Mm-hmm. Which one's worse? The last year, uh, Pete, the guy who peed after touchdown from the <laughs> state, or throwing, or they got, or throwing the shoot 25 yards downfield to Cox's team or try the national championship. Yeah, I mean, this one definitely had a lot more, uh, had a lot more uh, impact because, you know, no, nobody from – Mississippi State and Ole Miss last year. Uh, I mean, neither of those teams were playing in any kind of, you know, even a, I don't even think either one of them made a bowl game last year. So, Yeah, but the guy from Mississippi State had a nice rebound here. It's what people right. saying. He came out, used the offseason to learn, got into, involved in the committee, basically came out and said that he, he, he got too excited about it and it was unnecessary to do that. I wonder if this, the same guy would do that Florida. Uh, I would assume he was very lonely in the locker room Saturday night. Yeah, and, and that's, again, what I I'm like, because I never played. I, you know, I was wrestling in, in high school. You know, I, I, and you were a, a high school football player. You know, so I never experienced what it was like to be in the locker room uh, you know, after a, a, a loss like that. <laughs> and uh, I was just interested, you know, what is happening to that guy in the locker room? Because it's, it's a... 
you know, a combination of the whole game. Like, it does not just come down to, as games normally are, it does not just come down to one moment. Yeah, but that mean, one moment was a huge moment to make a bonehead play like that. Yeah, you know, again, it's not the only reason they lost. Kyle Trask threw multiple interceptions, something he hadn't done all season. They just didn't look as good as they had all season long And when it came down to it. And, you know, LSU... You know, just wanted to come in and play spoiler a little bit, and they were able to do that. I mean, it's a big rivalry game, SEC, Florida, LSU, two historic programs down in the SEC. And, yeah, I mean, that's not the only reason they lost, but, you know, it is part of the reason. It did set up the, the game-winning field goal. You can't just ignore it. Right. And, you know, obviously it was a very avoidable situation. I Yeah, I would assume there was a very lonely uh, lonely night for him in that, in that locker room. And, uh, you know, today they're back on the practice field or whatever you know maybe some people are still ticked off at them but yeah it is what it is it ain't changing now so yeah so he had that happen over the weekend and you know, in a game that i thought was was going to be uh, a little bit closer uh, but the bobcats did fall to marshall over this past weekend and you know what it it, it happens uh maybe i got my expectations up a little bit too high <laughs> i think it's right to hold high expectations <laughs> with this team but you know obviously you know maybe i gotta temper the expectations just a little bit as the bobcats fell to marshall by a score 81 to 67 dwight wilson led all scorers as wilson uh you know who's looked pretty good uh but dwight wilson had uh 24 points uh preston with 19 vanderplatz and everybody else was was uh, underneath double digits uh, he was the next closest third highest scorer for the bobcats with nine on the other side of the court tavion kinsey for marshall uh, as the Thundering Herd's leading scorer with 28. Um, he had a, a tremendous game. Uh, Jared West with 14 points. And uh, Michael Byers uh, with, with 13 points. So you had, you know, Tavion Kinsey just proved a little bit too much for the Bombcats to handle. And uh, they, they take the second loss of the season. I would jump in. So the Monsters, two leading scores, both scored 1,000 career points in the same game. Because one needed to get to 24, the other one just needed to get 16, uh, I think. And then for the Bobcats, they were close. They were close in that game in the first half. And then the second half turned into, like, uh, they weren't non-competitive anymore. I'll also tell you, the Cam Henderson Center at Marshall is a very tough place to play. Ohio's always struggled there, but when they get them in the Congo, they normally much closer games and normally win. I'm just putting that out there. With fans, no fans, Moscow did have 1,300 fans there where Ohio has only family and limited family to their games. So that may have caused, because it was the first time Ohio was actually playing in front of fans. But Marshall's also a good team, and they need them to win Conference USA, which will help Ohio's schedule, strength of schedule. Right. I mean, you always you always want to, if you lose to a team, you want that team to, to go on a run, as, as long as you don't have to face them later on in the year. Um, but, you know, it was a game where Preston played 40 minutes, uh, you know, from three. I don't know. Did you see that three-point attempt that he had? I mean, that was deep by the logo. Preston has just continued to impress and impress uh, as as the you know games get on uh, during the season. Vanderplas struggled a little bit uh, from beyond the arc. He went one for five. Wilson took one, was zero for one. 
Uh, so three-point shooting wasn't really there, but uh, if you take a look at the free throws made, you know, 80% is not too bad, 16 to 20. So they, they made the majority of the free throws when given the opportunity. They got outplayed. That's like what we're not saying. They just got outplayed by Marshall. Yeah. They shot 55% from the field, talking about Marshall. I mean, they let Marshall's best players have great games. You know, that Kinsey kid who was coming in averaging over 20 a game, and he won for 28. I mean, he's a ball-dominant guard, uh, you know, not an assist guy. And, you know, he didn't even have to get it done from behind the arc. He was doing really well getting to the basket and scoring. And, you know, I think not having Roderick right now is a problem for Ohio uh, because he just he's just another three-point threat where if he gets going uh, – you know, he's just another option because you had a day like Vanderplast wasn't shooting very well, just one for five from behind the arc. You know, that hurts him. Uh, and, you know, McDay, it's another kind of day where he just wasn't finding any real open shots. And he had a tough day as well, two for ten. So, you know, I think they need to get Roderick back. That makes their starting lineup that much better. I mean, I don't think they want to be starting Sam Towns all season. Uh, I don't think that's in their best interest. So... They got uh, some things to figure out. They also didn't have Sears off the bench in the game as well. So they're a little banged up right now. It's early in the year. We uh, talked about last week that this is, you know, besides Illinois, obviously, this is their toughest game to date. And it's a team that matches up with them pretty well. And they're pretty even. And they're two teams that are predicted to, you know, play pretty well in conference play. Uh, but he just kind of slipped away from them in the second half. They just weren't good enough when it boils down to it. But, you know, it's a long season. This isn't one to hang your head over. Uh, but, I, you know, I do just think the injuries were key. I think Roderick helps out a lot in that game. And I think Sears as well off the bench, you know, just to help get Preston some rest. And, you know, it, you're right. I mean, they, they got outplayed in this game. And now they have to head into the conference tournament with the next game coming up on the 22nd away at Akron. And uh, look forward to that and, and really get into, uh, you know, see what they can do in the Mid-American Conference. You know, you can know that they, they can hang with teams you know, outside. You come off the non-conference record with the 4-2 and two record. And uh, I don't see what you do against the MAC. And that's, that's where you make your bread and butter, and that's where you have your opportunity uh, to guarantee your way into March Madness. You come out on top at the end, you know, you're going to get yourself uh, a nice spot in, in, in the postseason. But now, you know, you got to do the hard work, do the groundwork, and uh, you know, get going. Uh, yeah, Akron's down this year, and the Inland Shore is a, also a difficult place to play in the MAC. Right, right. And uh, going from basketball to football here, Trevor, because you know, football team is also, um, they've completed their season. Uh, no bowl games announced for them, uh, no makeup game. Uh, obviously, you know, they only played three games this year. Uh, they went 2-1, and one, uh, still above 500. Uh, but, you know, uh, just with the virus and everything, it's kind of derailed them a little bit. Uh, but now they have an extra year. They, they got some time to get healthy and really get going uh, going next year. So they have out of their two quarterbacks, uh, see if Armani Rogers comes back. Uh, he was uh, granted that extra year of eligibility because of everything with COVID. Uh, Curtis Rourke and C.J. Harris also in the quarterback room. You get another full year and you get a healthy year and an offseason with them. Uh, looking forward to the future. Yep, so they should use, uh, going forward, should be like a normal, not gonna, it's supposed to be like a normal off-season swing ball. You get your 21 days, and then you go into summer conditioning, and then you get your fall camp, and then into the season opener, which is supposed to be Syracuse University of New York, the Orange, 
are supposed to come to Athens as the season opener, but 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 everyone should get healthy for Syracuse. Right, right. And coming up, uh, you know, tomorrow Nelsonville York at Athens. You, uh, you didn't ask what? about the Saturday game. What about the Saturday game? Which game Saturday? Oh, oh, Connor. Yeah. Oh, you, you, the oh, Jackson Connor. game. You want to talk about the Jackson game? Connor. Yeah, he said what game? But Trevor. Uh, uh, what? What? You know, it was a game where uh, I kind of expected Jackson to be pretty dominant. We know the kind of program they've had. Uh, but Athens, uh, you know, it was a tough first half, but they kind of came back in and battled there in that second half. And I think I showed some, you know, some some fight in this team who's gotten off to a bit of a rocky start, you know, falling in, in some of these last couple games here. But do you think perhaps that this, that second half in that game against Jackson can help, you know, kind of boost some confidence <coughs> for the conference schedule coming up here soon? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not – if you – so I listened to your guys' game since I was unable to be there. But also the Kevin Leisman from Athens Methodist, his story basically stated that in his comments after the game, Coach Mickey Cozart told him that the first half he did, did not like, the second half he was, is what he was more like. And his other thing he mentioned in this post-game statement was that Braden Lightning played like Braden Lightning was supposed to play. So... I think the knowing that they have came back before and finishing games has been difficult for them. Like the the win over the win over the Blue Devils and the loss to Circleville were both what a like difficult comebacks. One they lost, mm-hmm. the other one they won. But yeah, so now that they have shown that they can come back. It's going to help them going forward, especially if they can get everyone back. And that was the one thing that, you know, Troy and I had talked about when we were up at Circleville. You know, he had never seen Whiting you know, miss as many shots as he took. And with Whiting back and, you know, making the buckets that he normally makes, uh, you know, that's a huge, huge plus for the Bulldogs moving forward. Yes, he's, he's leading the team with averaging 17 points per game. Season. So if he can make the shot, Athens can be in games and even blow games out open in the fourth quarter, which makes, in high school, it makes it much easier if you'll get up by 10 or plus points in that fourth quarter since the quarters is so short. And it, unlike college, is where a 10-point deficit can be changed with three by hitting three quick threes and three defensive turnovers quickly. High school is not like that. The game is played at a more slower pace, and the clock goes quicker because teams like the set plays up. Right. And do you know when Trey Harris is expected to rejoin the team? Uh, I believe uh, the only thing I heard is maybe Tuesday. He might be available today, and so he's eligible to t- for tomorrow. But I'm not quite sure. That'd be good. That'd be good because I know Troy has talked and spoke highly of him uh, as uh, you know somebody who can really uh, handle the ball and and somebody who uh, you know doesn't turn over a whole lot and, and can score some points. Um, but yeah, and, and now on to the game for uh, for tomorrow for Athens and, and NY. Um, you know, NY did struggle last season. Uh, they got a, a couple wins here this year, and you know Athens is coming off a, a big loss to Jackson, trying to look to rebound and, and get better. 
Uh, but what do you see happening tomorrow? To recap, so Athens, who's four and, who's two and four, will host Nelsonville, York, who's three and two. Nelsonville's three wins are all versus talking teams, but their two losses are versus a, a new Lex team who's in the Logan D2 Regional and Vinton County, who's uh, in the conference game. In Vinton County, it looks like the old Vinton County. Uh, this series has been gone Athens race. Athens has won 18 straight, but from but there was a stretch between November 2007 and January 6, 2012 that Nelson won six of the seven meetings, but since January 6, 2012, Athens has won 18 straight meetings, and the closest meeting has been a 54-51 Athens win in 2018 at Nelson, New York. So these games have not been close. On paper, it looks like Nelson is averaging 59.2 points per game, so 59 points, and Athens is averaging 51.2 to 51 points per game. So on paper, you would say it's Nelsonville, but based on the schedules, Athens has just finished up the most difficult part of their schedule, the six-game opening stretch. Well, Nelsonville, York, seems like they've been just beating up on hawking teams right and uh yeah troy and i had talked about that a little bit uh with athens because you know you go against teams like jackson like Tangy liberty uh gallia academy circleville who always plays a, a tough tough schedule for them even though maybe the record doesn't show it um but again zanesville Olentangy, Lam- uh liberty warren gallia circleville and, and jackson like those that's a tough tough beginning of your schedule and now you get into nelsonville york wellston meg smitten county a couple of the area teams a couple of teams you're a little bit more familiar with uh so maybe uh you know we see athens come out and, and come out strong to finish out the season we'll see where they they pop out at the end we're feeling that because of the beginning stretch versus nelsonville york meg river valley athens should be 3-0 when with those three games because they have because River Valley, even though that they won some games, I think Athens is going to be too tall for them. And now through York, like we just discussed, the schedule make they've been playing teams the same size, which are Hawking teams. And I have not seen Megs, but I know Megs lost to Gallia already. Right, and I know uh, Alexander had beaten River Valley uh, earlier this year. Actually, the mm-hmm. last time out. Yep, and then Athens has never lost the rallying basketball. Um, big weekend, big uh, big week ahead of us. And uh, Trevor, we always appreciate you calling in and uh, being a part of the show. Yes, thank you. Thanks, Trevor. And, of course, Trevor Stevens, Athens statistician. And, uh, you know, looking forward to seeing him, you know, back at Athens High School whenever he's able to get back out there and... Uh, you know, he, he does a live stream there, so it, it's always good work uh, that he does with stats and with all the logistics and stuff. But we've got to take a short break right here. I will here. caution him. Nelsonville York has got a solid team. they got some good yeah, athletes. I mean, you I saw them. They a good game tomorrow. You have seen them in I action. Have. I have. So, uh, yeah, you would know. But it should, should be a good game. Looking forward to it. That game's on 970 WATH, and you can get it online at wxtq.com backslash WATH or through the mobile app at 970-WATH-AM uh, on iOS and Android devices. 
And, of course, Joe, you'll be going to the Alexander and Meg's game. That game is home for Alexander. Uh, and that game will be sometime around 7 o'clock with you and Brad calling that one tomorrow on Power 105. We'll take a short break right here on the Sports Fan. It's a Sports Fan presented by JK Contracting on 970 and 97.1 FM, WATH. Start your mornings with Scott Daly from 6 to 12. Hop on the party line from 9 to 10. Join Sky Hope on Classic Caravan from 4 to 6 p.m. And listen into the Sports Fan at 6.06 on Classic Hits 970 and 97.1 FM WATH. When there's something strange lurking under your bed, who are you going to call? Dustbusters! Athens Dustbusters are a licensed, bonded, husband and wife team that offer up top-of-the-line janitorial services at great prices, and they serve commercial and residences across Southeast Ohio. As the seasons change, don't worry about the cleanup. Call Athens Dustbusters at 740-541-7113 for a free quote. But don't just take our word about the Athens Dustbusters. Hi, I'm Sam. And I'm John. And we're Athens Dustbusters, and we will bust your dust. Integrated Services for Behavioral Health is the preeminent behavioral health organization in Southeast Ohio. It's an organization of over 300 like-minded individuals that provide services to some of the most vulnerable populations, believing in the resiliency of the individual. If you provide good services, if you care about the individual and you value communities, you know, the opportunities are endless. Have you heard of Project RISE? Are you a parent in Athens, Meigs, Perry, or Vinton counties? We provide internships, job shadowing, work study, transition planning, and graduation coaching. All students and parents have free access to these resources. For more information, please find us on Facebook at AMESC Project RISE. There are numerous free events and resources that you need to know about. Act now. Project RISE will help you with your future after high school. Follow us on Facebook at AMESC Project Rise. If you love them enough to turn off your music and pretend like their music is your music. Ah, this is mommy's jam. Then surely you'll check NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to make sure they're in the right car seat. Let's play it again. Check today at NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Act Council. This is the Sports Fan on 970 WATH. Sports Fan 970, 97.1 FM, WATH. Mills on the mic with Joe Medor, 640. On the clock, it was great talking to Trevor Stevens for the majority first half of the program. And, of course, you know, the one thing that we have not mentioned yet is the big, big game tonight between the Cleveland Browns and the Baltimore Ravens. Of course, you know, having a, a resident Raven fan in here also helps, you know, talking about the Ravens. But, uh, you know, this has to be one of the biggest games in Brown history. Baltimore, according to ESPN, is favored 65%, almost 66% uh, over Cleveland. However... Uh, you know, the Browns have been playing some pretty good football over the past couple weeks. Sure. Uh, I know a lot of people were riding high off this Titans game last week. But if you look at the three results prior, <laughs> they beat the Texans 10-7, they beat the Eagles by five, I think, and then I think they beat the Jaguars, like, uh, by two? Yeah, 27-25. Yeah. Okay, so, you know, they were they're played a lot of close games this season and you know they obviously made it end up close last year as well um or last week excuse me uh this is an interesting matchup because as you said i mean this is one of the biggest games the browns have played in a long time 
And, you know, as well as they're playing, and, you know, you might say the Ravens have been kind of falling, you know, trending maybe downward a little bit because, you know, before last week's win, they had lost three in a row, uh, one of them being, you know, they missed a lot of their team uh, due to the coronavirus outbreak they had. But, you know, they're not the dominant force that a lot of people thought they might end up being. But one thing for sh- I know for sure is John Harbaugh is 21-4 and four in his career against the Cleveland Browns. And, you know, this has just been a team that the Ravens have always kind of, you know, you can date back to when Joe Flacco first was playing quarterback. They have always been historically great against the Cleveland Browns. I know last couple of years they split the series. And I know week one, Baltimore dominated them. And that's the last time we saw these two teams on the same field together. The Browns have to run the football if they're going to win this game. And the same for the Ravens. It's going to come down to who can get their running attack more effectively and then who can get a lead on the other, I believe, because these are both teams where if they get up on you, uh, they can control the clock and make it very difficult to come back. And uh, so we'll see. This is uh, weird territory for the Browns here, having a chance to get you know a 10th win on the season and be playing main, meaningful football in December. But this is a place where... You know, maybe experience serves the Ravens better because year in, year out in their franchise history, they've been playing meaningful football in December, and uh, they know what that means, and they know what they have to do. They went 14-2 and last year with a first seed in the AFC. Uh, so they know what it takes under Harbaugh to, to win these games late. They're undefeated against the Browns on prime time. They're 7-3 and three against the Browns against the spread the last 10 times these, these teams have played each other. So... Either the Browns are going to buck some kind of trend tonight, Connor, or the, uh, the Ravens' dominance over them is going to continue. And uh, I think it's going to be exciting to figure out which way it goes. Well, I think one thing that it hinges on this game for the Browns is the play of Miles Garrett, right? I mean, he is their star on defense. He is a guy where if they are going to stop Lamar Jackson and, and stop the rushing attack that Baltimore poses as a, a big threat to everybody in the league, uh, you know, it, it really starts with the defensive line, and it starts with Miles Garrett. Uh, if he can go in there and uh, you know make some noise, he was really the one that was missing, you know last last time out. Well, he just, played. Well, he played, but he was missing. Total tackles, just one. Uh, it was a solo tackle, and uh, it was a tackle for a loss. But he only had one, right? So he did not really have a huge impact on the Ravens back in week number one. Correct. Now, you know, if he is able to be a factor in this game. I think maybe the game becomes a little bit closer. It was a 38-6 to loss for uh, Cleveland, and he thought, oh, well, you know, maybe it's the same old Browns. They come out, they have a big loss to the Ravens. Uh, that has been put aside. I think there's been a lot of people who have been uh, fairly pleased with the coaching of Kevin Stefanski. Uh, even you know, a little bit, he's gotten better. Uh, he does not really hurt the Browns this year in Baker Mayfield's, uh, but he has done a nice job leading this team and, and getting them some wins uh, but really where you need to stop the Ravens is on defense because the Ravens figured things out last week. You know, Ravens offense was was clicking, uh, even despite you know, a couple misfires and, and maybe Joey weren't too happy with a couple plays that they were running earlier on in the game before they, they uh, blew out their opponent last week. <laughs> you know, um, they still figure things out, and they were a much, much better team that they have been you know, with you know, their quarterback uh, back from COVID-19 uh, with the majority of their team back and, and healthy uh, from the virus. So, you know, it, it's really, you know, it, it, did you see a real true Baltimore in, in their losses earlier on this year? Maybe, maybe not, because, you know, they had a lot of guys out. And, you're not still the do. Same, and they still do. 
but yeah, they I still mean, figured uh, it out last week. The, you know, their injury luck hasn't been great, and not saying the Browns has either. I mean, they lost Delpit. They've lost, you know, Ward. Chubb was out earlier on in the year, and that's when they mostly struggled this year. That was a two-and-two two stretch for them when Chubb was out. Obviously, when he's been playing, they've only lost one game to this Ravens team. Uh, you know, and I think there is something to be said. First game of the season, Ravens bringing back all their coaches, coordinators, a lot of the same players, you know, a lot of continuity there with no offseason and, you know, kind of a limited training camp, no preseason. Browns are coming in, whole new coaching staff, learning a new offense under Stefanski in that week one game. And again, with a limited offseason and training camp and no preseason. So, you know, maybe that played into it. And the Browns are playing better football, but, you know, if we want to look at the Browns throughout the totality of this season, right? Blowout loss week one. They go on to win four games against, you know, the Colts. The Colts win is starting to look better and better as we move on through the season. But, you know, it beat Bengals, Washington football team who is not playing near as good as they are now back then. The Cowboys, all those games, close games. Okay, they're 4-1, riding high. Got a big game against the Steelers, right? 38-7 to loss. They got absolutely destroyed. So they come back in now, get back on track, beat, beat, beat Cincinnati again. Baker throws for five touchdowns, looks great. Yeah, whatever. And they come back and lose to Oakland, or excuse me, Las Vegas, uh, which is starting to look more and more like a bad loss because Vegas is starting to fall off, the, fall off the tracks a little bit here this season. And now you come back off bye week, beat the Texans, bad team. Beat the Eagles, eh, you know, it was still with Wentz. They were playing bad football. Beat the Jags, I mean, going to be the second pick in the draft most likely. And yeah, beat the Titans last week. You scored 38 points in the first half. Looked really, really good offensively. Only scored three in that second half. And uh, they let him make a game of it a little bit there. And now you come in, four-game winning streak against a Baltimore team that has owned you for a long time. I don't know. We're going to find out a lot about the Browns tonight, I feel like, because, you know, if you look at this season, when they've been faced with similar situations, tough teams, doesn't matter if we're at home or on the road, you know, they, they came in and got and they got – physically dominated on the field so we'll see if uh this really is a new browns team is really is turning the corner now if they lose tonight and i mean we also had a factor in this game in my opinion and maybe the browns you know the afc north is still kind of at play with the steelers losing last night so if you win tonight you can feel excited about that but i mean the ravens are fighting for their playoff lives right now you know they're on the outside looking in they need a victory to uh to kind of stay in this thing. And you could argue the Ravens need to win out to make the postseason. So I don't know. I, I, I like the fact that, you know, a lot of national guys are starting to not talk about the Ravens anymore. They're starting to talk about how good the Browns are. I know in Vegas, Ravens are favored. So, you know, that's, uh, take that for what you will. But uh, it's, it's going to be an interesting situation. I just think the Ravens uh, are playing well when they're, you know, kind of getting overlooked a little bit. And I think if you're a Cleveland Browns fan and you're looking past this Ravens team just because of some results that have happened recently, I think you're making a big mistake and it could come back to, uh, to bite you. Right. And you talked about the Ravens uh, looking outside in. They got a 7-5 and five record. Sitting right in front of them are the Miami Dolphins at 8-5. and five. The Dolphins just had a loss, and the Dolphins lost to the Kansas Chiefs. Kansas City, yep. Yeah, 33-27. But on, left on the roster, left on the schedule for the Dolphins, the Patriots, the Raiders, the Bills. The Bills beat the uh, Steelers last night. Bills look like a pretty good football team. The Patriots are hot and cold. Depends on what Cam Newton you get. Yeah. But obviously, Bill Belichick coach team, he's not going to want to go under 500. 
you know, for really the first time in his Patriots career. Uh, I don't foresee. I mean, it's going to be pretty pretty tough game to win for the Patriots, but it's going to be a game. Yeah. And then the Raiders are again, they're hot and cold. It really depends on what John Gruden team you see. And they're and they also just fired the defensive coordinator. That and they're also they're another team. The Raiders still fighting for a playoff spot at this right. point. So. So the, the schedule is not easy for Miami by any means. No, it's not for the Raiders either. If you want to look no. at that, but as you know, I don't. I for the Ravens, I don't think you. I don't think you want to get into. Okay, maybe we can lose just one and still sneak our way back into the playoffs. No, if the Ravens went out, they're going to make playoffs and that'll be they'll be fine. Uh, but if you slip up and lose tonight, and you know because after, you know after this week, the Ravens have. You know, Jaguars, Giants, Bengals. All three games the Ravens should win. Uh, And I just think they need this kind of statement win against a team that people are, you know, starting to talk about as being one of the better teams in the AFC. I think they need a win because this year lost to Pittsburgh twice, lost to Tennessee in a close game, lost to New England, and lost to, you know, Kansas City. So, you know, kind of against some of the teams that are making a push for the postseason, they have uh, kind of struggled this year. So they, I think they just need one against a team like Cleveland to get their flow back. I think last week's performance was encouraging. I think you saw Lamar on the field laughing, smiling, having fun playing football. I think, you know, he talked about in his press conference you know, after that game that, you know, it almost feels like a new season for him. So maybe, you know, him sitting out due to COVID made him find some new love for football and you know to this point connor i know my answer which quarterback do you trust more lamar jackson or baker mayfield uh, at this to this point, point in their career in, in this point of their career lamar jackson has an mvp award right mayfield and, doubles him in turnovers lamar is up in all kind of touchdown all kind of completion percentage passer rating all of it he's higher than him career in all of it so, again, I mean, if, if you want to go quarterback battle, you got to take Lamar over Baker. That just proves to be another chip on a shoulder of, uh, of Baker Mayfield. You know, he, he's got to go out there. He's got to prove himself. You know, what is this, his third year in, in the NFL? Yeah, it's both so, their, their yeah, same class. That same, same draft class. So both of them are still trying to improve, trying to solidify themselves as franchise quarterbacks. And in doing so, you know, both, both quarterbacks have a reason to go out there and, and really go out and, and try to win this game. Right, because it's a big game for the Ravens for the playoff push. It's a huge game for the Browns because if you can turn it around and beat the Ravens after losing uh, big in week number one, you know, the Browns are well on their way to the postseason and probably will be in the postseason. But the Ravens need this win if they have any shot. And uh, we'll see what they do. Hey, we'll see. We've got to take another break on the Sportsman. We'll come back. Right after this and wrap up the program, it is the Sportsman at 970, 97.1 FM, WATH. These days, we're all doing a lot more virtually, which is why at Ohio Health, we've expanded our virtual care options and availability to make it even easier to get safe expert care at home. That includes virtual visits with over a 1,000 trusted providers in every medical specialty and the chance to speak with medical assistants ahead of time for truly personalized care. Learn more about our virtual health options at ohiohealth.com slash virtual health. 
Hi, it's Randy and Boots from the Auto Smarts Radio Network. And why should you listen to our show on this station? Well, Boots is a man of many talents and his knowledge you won't believe. Just listen. Hey, Boots, what's your favorite thing to talk about? Cars. Rick Ocasek was the lead singer of what band? The Cars. What was Gary Newman's biggest selling song? Cars. Who was the all-time leading scorer in Notre Dame basketball history? Car. That's right, Austin Carr. Anything you'd like to add? Cars, cars, cars. 57 Chevy. Cars. That's Auto Smarts. Friday afternoons at 106 on 970 WATH and 97.1 FM. That's a 57 Chevy. Cars, cars, cars. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. Live and local, the sports fan on 970 WATH. Sports fan, 970, 97.1 FM. Bill Mike along with Joe Midori on this, again, 12th day of December. And sports fan presented by J&K Contracting. Appreciate their support. But on the sports fan here, you know, uh, coming up this week, a couple things, Athens and why. Uh, Alexander hosting Megs. Both games can be heard on both of our stations. Uh, right here on 970 WATH, you've got the home of the Athens Bulldogs. Uh, as Again, Athens will host Nelsonville, York. And then over on Power 105, you've got Alexander and Megs. Uh, Joey and Brad will go on out, uh, call that game. Both games will hit the airwaves sometime around 7 o'clock. And as I've mentioned before, you know, it's a little bit harder uh, to predict when these basketball games will start. Different uh, COVID regulations, whether you got to clear the gym, whether you got to, uh, you know, I haven't been where, they, where they've cleared the gym yet. I mean, it's still a potential, have, but it is still a, a, a good potential that you could have to go out and clear the gym. Maybe if you have that rule in, at your gym here in Southeast Ohio. Uh, so whichever one it is, yeah, it could be in that category. Um, but then again, you know, the JV game goes for whatever length that it goes to. And, you know, push the varsity game back a little bit. And when it pushes the varsity game back, then, you know, we got to you know, figure out when we're hitting the airwaves. But sometime around 7 o'clock, 7.15, 7.20, uh, you'll hear the bumper. Then you'll, you'll hear the music and uh, get ready to go for, for high school basketball action. Uh, but, you know, Joe, you've seen a couple of good games this year. Uh, I believe you saw the Southern game, the 65-60 to 60 win for Nelsonville, York. Yep. Uh, so what what did you see from NY uh, coming out of that game? Turnovers hurt them. Uh, they could have won by a lot more if they did not turn the ball over as much as they did. And, you know, so, give something credit. They, uh, they played well, made it a game. I mean, there was a, there was a point in the start, early third quarter, you know, NY was, just took a, do- a uh, double-digit lead. And, uh, you know, Southern kind of came roaring back, and it came, got down to a point where beginning of the fourth quarter, you know, Southern got up a couple possessions, and it was like, all right, well, this is going to kind of be a – a gut check for this Nelsonville York team, you know, can they weather the storm that uh, came when uh, when Southern fought all the way back? And they did. And they made their foul shots when they had to. Ethan Gales, tremendous player, uh, gets to the basket, very athletic kid. Uh, Drew Carter, good at the point guard, knocked down a couple big threes. They got a few guys that can shoot it now. Uh, Tomei, he came in and knocked down three or four threes in that game. Uh, so they got, a, they got a few shooters. They, uh, you know, they look, they get, I think they're better suited they start out getting inside, let Gale drive to the basket, start making some dishes outside. They start knocking down some open threes. That's this team's strength. Uh, you know, 
and you know, I obviously haven't gotten to see Athens play this year, but I, you know, I covered them the past two years. I know the talent Braden Whiting has. I know the talent Will Mathers has as well when he gets going. Uh, so I think this is going to be a, a good matchup. I mean, don't don't forget when these two teams played last year. I mean, Athens of course shared the conference title. Nelsonville York bottom of the conference. Nelsonville York got out to double digit leads, and both both times these teams played each other. So, and, you know, of course, it's the, it's the rivalry of the cross towns. So you always get up a little bit more to play that game. And uh, so, you know, I, I expect to see a, a good contest between between these two teams tomorrow. Yeah. Obviously, I won't be seeing it. I'll be at another game. But well, I'm sure you'll hear about there will, it. I think there will be a good game tomorrow. Right. Right. And people have asked us, you know, is it uploaded somewhere? And I think that we can probably try to upload the games because somebody had asked on Facebook and uh the guy who runs our Facebook account and asked me um, you know, if we could post these games so you can hear them later. So uh, dude, we might look into that. We, we're we're going to try our best here. Uh, you know, now with me working full-time here, yeah, we'll, we'll look into doing some things that are uh, some pretty cool things here. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. I'm still in the process. I've got the, uh, the website up to date a little bit. I still need to get some scores and results and, and put them in for the Bulldogs and the Buckeyes and the rest of the uh, Ohio and the Hawking but at least the schedules are out there. So if you're looking at a game or you're trying to find when a game is, uh, you can go to our website, wxtq.com backslash sports. Uh, and then you can also click on the schedules and results page. That's where you can find all the schedules. And uh, I'm working on the results part. So I, I, now that all the graduation and stuff that's behind us, uh, now we just got to get those results out there on the page and keep that up to date. Uh, obviously, you know, Megs is not zero and zero. Alexander is not zeros and zero. Uh, those, those games will be forthcoming, at least on our website, to stay up to date on all that information. But I'm working on it, Joe. You know, take some time to update and get everything here. You do work your rear end off. I try <laughs> at some point. But again, it's been the Sportsman right here at 970. And Big 970. game tonight. Big game. Browns and Ravens. It's been the Sportsman, 970, 97.1 FM, WATH, presented by JK Contracting. Appreciate you listening in, and we'll see you, I guess, Wednesday at 6.06. See you then. In our 71st year of service.